There are a lot of uh, a lot of us in the church that go, you know what? I'm going to foster. Those kids are going to be better off with me as a Christian family, right? We've got all of these things. We can be giving them the gospel and everything like that. That they'd be better off with me, right? Good intentions, but not really thinking through what that means, right? Reformed Dads, where all things are for dads, through dads, and to dads, as well as the aspiring husband and father. I'm your man, Dusty Marshall. I'm a Christian husband, father, hip-hop artist, and co-founder of Irregular for Christ Ministries. To my right, as always, is my man, Andrew, high school T. <laughs> Son yeah, I'm always pumped whenever that happens. <laughs> I love that so much. And to my left is our special guest, Mike the Engineer Hendrickson. Hello, hello. Ooh. Thank you for being with us. How's your guys' week going? Pretty good. I'm glad to be uh, still working and home with the family and everything like that. So it's been a very blessed week so far. Yeah, I'll have to second that. It's, there's a little bit of craziness going on going on in the world right now, but I have a consistency, and that's Christ. He is the anchor for my soul. So doing good. Doing yes. Good. Yeah. All with all the madness going on right now, COVID, uh, rioting, lots of unknowns in our world. There's one thing that's constant: is Christ is reigning. He's King. He's on the throne. He's seated right now. Yep. And he's not surprised by any of this, right? Not at all. Amen. No. So, um, we're going to get into a section right now that we like to call... Who is your daddy and what does he do? We'd like to get to know you, so tell us a little bit about yourself. um, What you do, your wife and your family. Oh boy. Um, I guess So, I'm an electrical engineer by trade. Uh, I met my wife in the Navy, so we're both uh, electricians in the Navy and everything like that. So, um, we are blessed enough that my wife is able to stay home with the children. She homeschools them while I work. Uh, We've got uh, two lovely kids... Emma, who is 11, Mikey, who is 10, and we've got a little bun in the oven right now. All right. Whoa. Yeah. I didn't, didn't know, know that. What? You didn't dude, know that? No. Oh, man. <laughs> out of the loop there, dude. Praise Baby God. Wait, what? Wait, how many weeks? 14 weeks. What? Yeah. I'm 14 weeks behind, dude. Yeah. yeah. Dude, praise God. That makes me so happy, yeah. dude. Yeah. Yeah. What? I know. I know. So, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> so 11 cool. years, right? Between children now, you're saying. Yeah. Right? When, when, uh, when Mikey, when his birthday, is going to be in November. That's when the baby is due. That'll be right at 11 years. So, wow. Yeah, we're super stoked. Uh, my, my kids, they are older, but they're excited to be, you know, big brother and big sister and everything. So, it's, you got it's help super, on your side. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Dude, absolutely. <laughs> God, man. What? Yeah. Yep. Something in the water in Apologia, man. <laughs> and I, I, so, I, I'm not big on Facebook posts and stuff like right, that and everything. Right. So, we kind of just have been telling people as we've been going along. Yeah. So, I just cool. I didn't have my chance, man. So. No, no, you're fine, bro. I'm, just, I'm excited. That's I think that makes me even more surprised and more excited. There you yeah. go. That's there cool. Go. So, baby on the way, two children, married in the Navy, electrical yes, engineer. Mm-hmm. Awesome, man. And was the Navy something that equipped, equipped you for being an electrical engineer? Yeah, actually, or? when I was, uh, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I graduated high school. Uh, I, I knew that I was, uh, I wasn't really with the Lord, so I knew that I was going to be messing around in college, and I, I guess I was responsible enough to say, well, I'm going to join the military. We have some military in our family. Um, and they were like, you're going to be an electrician. So I had no idea about electricity, but I ended up excelling in it and being able to kind of look back on my life. And now knowing about God's sovereignty and everything, I just, I look at him like, all right, cool. Yeah. Thanks. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. The lights went off. Yep. Nope. <laughs> yep. 
Awesome, man. So um, a section of our show that we call now is called Best and Worst. Okay. And I want to find out about your best and worst moments as a parent. So could you start maybe with your best moment as a dad? Uh, man, you know, I mean, there's there's a lot of them, but I, I guess with, with both of my kids as an example, um, this is going to tie into my worst moment, but um, uh, the best moment is after kind of really getting the fullness of the gospel, learning about the Reformed faith and everything and um, and all of that, uh, my, my kids were the ones that urged me to go out to the abortion mill. They said, we have to go. Mm. We have to go speak up for these babies. Mm. Um, and then being able to consistently hear them understand their actual worldview and not just say, I want to save babies, but have, you know, have a, um, an argument for it. Uh-huh. So that was when, you know, when, when people commend us for going out or when they commend uh, the kids to speak at the city council and stuff like that, to speak up for the, uh, the unborn. Um, I say, hey, it's the, the, they're the activists. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to lead them and everything like that, but they're the ones that, uh, that are doing it. So, yeah. yeah. Praise God. Mm-hmm. Awesome, man. Mm-hmm. And, and we've seen, uh, you know, there's video of one of your children speaking yep. at city council meeting at calling them to make a sanctuary city of the city of Phoenix, yes, sir. which is pretty amazing. Yep. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, again, after the speech was done, people saw the video, you know, there was a lot of critical comments. Oh, you know, you, you know, the parents just told them what to do or this, that, and the other. Um, when pastor Jeff at Apologia asked, Hey, what kids, you know, would like to speak up? Both my kids said, Absolutely, I'll do it. And they both got to writing their own speeches. You know, at the time they were, I think, nine and ten or something like wow. that. Okay. But they they knew what they wanted to talk about because, again, this isn't something fresh or new to them. This is something that they've been around, exposed to. They understand. They came up with their own arguments, and they were completely different, other than the fact that they were rooted in the Bible. Right. So it's, it's like kids can think for themselves. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. They don't just repeat everything their parents tell them. Yep. Right. And it's not a hard thing to understand. It is not. Babies are being murdered. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't murder. Why shouldn't we murder? If you know God, you know the gospel, you know why we shouldn't murder. Yep. It's like only only the Bible can actually allow your children to critically think, I'd say, too. Like, I think repeating what children hear is more public school indoctrination. Yes. You know what I mean? They're just repeating the yes. same thing over and over and over again. But the Bible, when the Lord saves you, he opens up your mind to the truth. So it's the opposite when people give that critical analysis, like, oh, they just tell their kids what to say. They're yeah. just repeating. Well, actually, no, it's mm-hmm. it's the exact opposite. Yeah. They're free now. They're free in Christ to think. Yeah. And it's actually true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's actually true. Yeah, so you could be a free thinker and think all of the ridiculous stuff you want, but Sleep it's actually in. true. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yep. so, and then what about the worst moment? So the worst moment was just, you know, re- rewind a, a few years before that. Um, we started coming to Apologia... I think just about three years ago, um, I had been studying prior to that, listening to sermons, Apologia Radio, kind of really starting to f- figure out what Reformed theology is and how it's different. But I used to go to Omega Church, and um, I guess I would just say that, you know, my, my time at the Omega Church was, uh, was probably my worst moment as a parent because I, I didn't really take the role, and not just a parent, but a husband, I didn't really take the role that God has given me. Uh, seriously. So, um, you know, I, I allowed my, my wife to lead the family in a lot of the ways. And then I allowed the church, um, to, to do their discipling and Mm -hmm. everything like that. So I really kind of just, you know, I was doing me 
Um, you know, I'm a musician, so I was doing music ministry, but I wasn't doing really any ministry at home. Family government was off. Yeah, it was way off. Um, and, and it was, it was tough for my wife to, you know, I'd put her through it for so long. And then once we came to Apologia, it was like, okay, Hey, so luckily she had some godly women in her life. (laughs) I had some godly men in my life and we were able to come together and get that back in order the way the Bible uh, would have us do it. So praise Praise God God for that. Praise God for apology and God working through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, let's have some fun. I got five rapid fire questions. Oh, this is a section we call the Rapid Five. All right. And uh, so, five random questions. Give us your off the cusp answer, and here we go. What fictional family would you be a member of? Would I be a member of? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Simpsons. Oh, <laughs> nice. Yes. Okay. All right, Uncle Weird Uncle Mike, yeah. <laughs> Christian Uncle Mike, <laughs> Christian Uncle Mike, <laughs> Ned Flanders' brother. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Question two: Say you're independently wealthy and don't have to work. What would you do with your time? Oh boy, um, man, that's tough. I. This is not a fast answer. <laughs> Some are, some aren't. You know, I to be honest with you, I think I'd spend a lot of time with uh, my wife and my my family that's dispersed, and go okay. spend time with them, and really try and imprint the gospel on them. You know, because right now we see them maybe once or twice a year, uh, and it can it can be tough, right? Because you want to enjoy your time, but you don't want to necessarily just come with the Bible every time. But if sure. you can spend more time with them to be able to, um, you know, to bring the truth and everything like that, so I think that that would be probably my time best spent nice yeah okay all right question three what's the worst job you've ever had oh man um let me see i kind of liked all of my jobs but let me see when i got out of the navy uh, i worked as a conventional electrician for a year okay um and thanks to my father and then thanks to the military, I, I, I have a somewhat good work ethic, right? And I work really hard and do whatever's necessary to get the job done. And when I, when I got out of the Navy, uh, I wouldn't worked as a conventional electrician for a year. And um, they really tried to squash that, hey, you're working too fast. This is supposed to take a week. You're getting it done in a day, like stuff like that, right? Like making this look bad. Yeah, so it really, yeah. I, I did not like it and I wanted to do anything I could to get out of there, even though I enjoyed my time there and the people there, you know, I'm, I'm really, relationships are very important to me, even though I enjoyed that, that work aspect was really, was really tough for me. So I'd say out of all my jobs, that's probably the, the worst if there was one. And it can, what does a conventional engineer do? So conventional electrician, just, you know, um, houses, I I was working on the air force base at the time as a, as a contractor. So we were wiring up a F-16 hangar, you know, just basic wiring, you know? Okay. Um, but yeah, that was just, I don't know, it was it was challenging. A lot of good stuff came out of it that may, might come in my story later, but okay. um, yeah, I, I knew I needed to do something else, though. <laughs> All right. So next question goes kind of off of that. What's one career you wish you could have? So, Dusty, <laughs> before I... Before I became an electrical engineer, I told my wife I wanted to be a sound engineer. I said, I want to record. I want to do live. Like, cause I'm, I, I love music. I'm not quite, you know, 
a good musician, but I, I love music. And I was like, yeah. well, that could be a way that I could be involved. So I, I tried to convince my wife and uh, she's like, listen, you know, I get it. I know that you like that, but you are gifted over here. You need to use that and provide for your family. Sure. Um, so uh, we, we avoided it, but that was that was always kind of on the back. I was like, are, you oh, sure? are you sure you don't want to do that? Sound engineer, <laughs> uh-huh. staying in the engineering. Uh-huh, straight up. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, and final question. You have an unlimited supply of one thing for the rest of your life. What would it be? Oh, jeez. For me, or like yep, give out, you. or for, for you. me? Yeah, I mean, you do whatever you want with it, but oh, you have an unlimited supply of one thing for unlimited. the rest of your life. Man, I, I don't know. That's uh, that's that's. You can go in so many different directions. Jeez. I feel like it would either be food or water to be able to help those that are, uh, you know, that are that, that needed or whatever. Okay. Um, whether it be in third world countries, I mean, the Bible's kind of the churchy answer, but I think we've we've got enough of those out there to hand out that people will take them. So I think mm-hmm. probably food and water. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's like the Miss Universe answer, right? Yeah. There. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's kind of Miss Universe question, right? No, yeah. I mean, I know. You, say, <laughs> you say something like money, the crowd's like, ugh. Uh, ooh, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, love of money. It's, uh, it's set up that way. I love it. Yeah. Well, awesome, man. So we had some fun. We broke some ice with those questions. Yep. But um, we want to get into the discussion portion of the show. And, uh, you know, one of the reasons we wanted to have you on is because you're passionate about being a foster parent. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, tell us a little bit about your journey in becoming a foster parent. What led you to it? And, sure. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. So that that worst job that I had. Um, you know, right after the Navy, uh, my wife and I, we were, we were actually just married. So we, we got married in 2005 and I got that job in, I think a month after we got married. Okay. So it was my first job. We knew that we wanted to have a family, but my wife was in college and everything. So we, we kind of just, you know, we were doing the brand new, new married thing and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, but my, my supervisor at that job, um, he was a good, um, Christian dude and uh, we, we, we formed a bond, and uh, he was older, so he was old enough to be my father. Okay. Um, and they had kids that were my age. Oh, wow. But they were all out of the house, but they were fostering. So okay. uh, we went over to their house, and they had already adopted, I think, three kids um, from the foster care system. Oh, so wow. I think they were probably like five, four, and then maybe two. And then we saw them. Sibling group? Was it a sibling um, no, group or I don't, just separate I don't, kids? They, they haven't. I know that they had fostered sibling groups, but oh, okay. the ones that they had adopted were all individual kids. Okay. So we were able to, that was the first time that we were actually exposed to it. So we, we got to kind of be um, Uncle Mike and Aunt Tiffany and everything okay. like that. So that was kind of my first exposure. Fast forward a couple of years, we've now we've now had um, Mikey and Emma we, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in a different profession now, but we've, we've got our kids and I kind of start talking to Tiffany. I'm like, Hey, Mikey's, you know, a year, year and a half old. Maybe we should think about having another kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was kind of like, you know, I, I think we need to consider maybe, you know, fostering or adopting. Oh. So we kind of put it on hold for a little bit. And then, um, at the, the church we were previous to Apologia, I said it was a mega church, but they spoke about uh, foster care there. Okay. Good. Right. They, awesome. they brought up the verses and everything and um, they all made sense. And um, it was kind of like, oh, I, you know, 
this is this is something that we've talked about. It seems like we're in a position to be able to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe it's something that we should do. So you had two of your own biological children. Yes, sir. And then you guys were a big before that, though, you were exposed to a family who had yes. three foster children. You were able to kind of be like an uncle, yeah. you know, to them. Yep. And um, that was like, OK, God's doing something in us. We'll revisit this. Two kids come. You're like, okay, we want to have more children. And then your wife, was there any specific reason? Was she like, you know, I think God's maybe calling us to, to foster children or adopt instead? I think, I think God planted that seed in her um, back when we had our friends that were fostering. It was a very pleasant experience to us. We okay. saw some of the kind of the ups and downs of the system itself, which we'll yeah. talk about in a little bit. Um, but in general, it was like, man, these kids were being loved on. It was also the first time we were introduced to homeschooling. Uh-huh. Um, so we saw this like amazing, like, what is going on right here? Because it, it's so just different than than what we were used to. Um, and it was just a good experience. So, um, you know, left a lasting impression. It left on a lasting guys. impression. And, and when, when kind of when I brought it up again and everything, my wife, it seems like she had already been knowing or thinking that that was the direction that we wanted to go. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? That was that was pretty cool. So you started getting looking into it, maybe going through some certification or something. Yeah. So so what happened is uh, when the church did it, they they set it up so that basically when the congregation heard the message, they, the next weekend there was going to be a training that you could go to to kind of give you just an intro. Oh, wow. hmm. And then based on that intro, if you wanted to, then you could go to the formal training that the state makes you go through. Yeah. Okay. So we uh, there was an opportunity at our church that um, that that some some kids needed needed a foster family. Um, so we kind of just did the training with already knowing who the kids were going to. Okay. Be. Okay. Um, but yeah, so we, we, we did the intro class, and then we went to the, the, the state has a program. It's called PS Map. It's a 10-week program. Mm-hmm. You go every week for 10 weeks, and at the end, basically, you're certified. You go through an agency, and you're good to go. So Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. And um, so why, why should Christians become foster parents? Yeah, so, you know, they – I mean, the obvious answer – is, is we want to love our neighbor as ourself, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, James, they talk about taking care of widows and orphans and everything like that. Yeah, but just the, the, over, the overall answer is that we want to love our neighbors as ourself. Yes. So, um, you know, you and I coming out of recovery and everything like that, Andrew, I don't know your backstory, but we know that people have make mistakes, right? Uh, we know that they love their children, but sometimes they make mistakes and, um, you know, uh, I think as, as the Christian church, we need to say, you know what, that's, that's okay that somebody made a mistake. God forgive me for my mistakes, right? I'm going to help you while you're trying to go through your mistakes. And I think that's why we should foster mm-hmm. to help get those kids back to their parents who love them. They truly do love them. They may not make, they may, may not make decisions that are necessarily, um, showing them that they love them, but on the inside, they all love their kids. Dang. So, yeah, so there's a, p- a picture of reconciliation with the family there, oh, yeah. bringing them back to their family. Yes. I think when I hear, too, a foster, I, I think even a- adoption, in a sense, it's it's the gospel. Oh, yeah. You know, like, we are grafted in mm-hmm. to the family. Adopted in. Yeah, like, right. I was a child of wrath, but because of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and his death, putting himself down to, to raise me up, I have actually been adopted into the family of the sons of God. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. that's like fostering, in a sense. But I want to I talk about that. Like, what's the difference between, like, when 
you, you want to bring the children back to their original family. Where's the difficulties in that? Like, um, sure. what should people do? Let's say someone wants to foster, but they end up wanting to adopt. Like, what are like w- not necessarily warnings, but like, uh, yeah. what could you say to, to somebody? Sure. So I, you bring up a good point without maybe realizing or whatever, but in that training, that 10 week training that we go through that first week, they, they tell you what the purpose of foster care is, right? Mm. The state may not always follow this, which we can talk about in a little hmm. bit, but the purpose is is for you as a foster family to do everything you can to keep that relationship with that kid and their mother or father or both. Keep that going and help them to be, be able to be reconciled. Once, mm. once they do it, right? Hmm. But unfortunately, there are a lot of uh, a lot of us in the church that go. You know what? I'm going to foster. Those kids are going to be better off with me as a Christian family, right? We've got all of these things. We can be giving them the gospel and everything like that. That they'd be better off with me, right? Good intentions, but not really thinking through what that means, right? Mm. So I would say that the, the the first warning is is if you think that you want to be a foster parent, you have to you have to understand what the goal is because if purpose, you if yeah. you if you go with the goal of saying you know I want to add to my family. Or I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna show this kid love because their family hasn't shown them love. That's not the right way. The goal is to to give this kid a, a loving household um, while their parent is getting their stuff together. That that's huge because it's self sacrifice, right? Yes. Because there's nothing that you're getting necessarily yes, yes. out of it. Yes. And that's what we should do. Yes. Like we shouldn't have the mindset of saying, Well, I'm gonna take them because I could do better than their family. No, yes. it's like the Christian's duty is to be the salt and light to the yeah. world, even if they don't believe, right? Yes, to yes. to sit there and help these children and try to help these family and preach the gospel. When the time comes to yeah. let them go, let them go. Yeah. That's yeah. what the church should be doing in the first place. But it seems like the state would probably want something different, mm-hmm. you know? Well, well, that's, that brings up a good point, too, is loving the least of these, right? Yeah. Loving those who can't take care of themselves, yes, right? Yes. So it's the ultimate opportunity like you said, a selfless way. I'm not expecting this child to be mine. My goal is to step in and take care of those who can't take care of themselves. And hopefully God will work through this to reconcile this original family, right? Yeah, totally. Um, It's huge. Yeah, that's... That's that's, biblical. Yeah, and that's that's a great way of looking at it, too, is like, you know, I've looked into foster care before, and started going through the process and then my wife ended up getting pregnant (laughs) Um, but that was our mindset too it's like you know uh, we want to adopt you know that's our goal is we want to adopt and um, we think that could happen through this process because there's also a financial aspect to it right Mm -hmm. there's there's like adoption is expensive and fostering a child to adopt Well, there's the the state covers most of the expenses. So people go into it Mm -hmm. with that mindset as well. And Mm -hmm. I think, like you said, well-intentioned, right? But that is not the purpose of the foster care system. It's to get the child back to their original parents better than they left for the for the parent to have the opportunity to get their life together mm-hmm. and for you to provide an environment for the child that will uh, help foster that relationship. Absolutely. Mm. It's, it's, it's tough because again, you, you, we, we, we think to ourselves, like we've got the gospel, like, of course, you know, then come here, they're going to, they're going to become believers and everything. And, you know, I'm not a drug user, so I can show this kid more love and everything like that. But it's, 
yes, we can do those things, but it's always with the purpose of getting, um, you know, keeping that relationship with their family um, as tight until the state says otherwise, which can take forever, right? Sure. Um, good thing, bad thing. Sometimes they give these parents mess up after mess up after mess up and it can get really drawn out. But um, I would say to summarize all of this stuff, uh, again, in the very beginning of the of the training that they give us, they, they tell us to count the cost. OK, mm. so they say, OK, hey, listen, you've got these good intentions. We should not be fostering in order to adopt. There's a side note to where you could just foster to adopt like that be the only thing you do. But in general, you should not be doing to add to your family. You should be doing to keep those families together as best as you can, sacrifice as best as you can. Count the cost. Is it worth it? Am I going to be able to sacrifice visits, um, the parents being late or not showing up? All of these services that the kids have to go to counseling and weekly this, that and the other, like there's a lot of stuff that's involved in it and being able to go with your eyes wide open and say, yes, you know, we've prayed about it. My wife and I are on the same page. We both agree that this is going to be a lot of work, but we're going to do it rather than just be like, oh, this is going to be fine because we often think that, oh, you know, these kids are just going to love it at my house. Sure. They've got their own room bed i've got all the clothes and all the food that they want do you know what they want they want to be back with their mom right right? they want to be back with their dad and it's and 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 you know these families will project onto the kid like how come you don't like this i've given you all of these fun things and everything like that but the research shows we know the kids want to be with their family right so we just need to keep pushing that and helping them go through that you know Mm -hmm. trauma is not a good thing um, but, you know, being able to do it with the Bible, this is, I mean, the, the, the amount of people that you can witness to within the system is amazing. As, yeah. a, as a Christian, like the, the kid, the parents, the DCS worker, um, the counselors, you know, any of the other services that they have, the judge, all of those people will he- hear you approaching foster care as a Christian. They're going to see you in the muck. And be like, man, they're getting, they're, you know, they're getting peppered from all over the place, but they're still able to do it with joy. Yeah. And, and it's going to be very obvious. It's because I have Jesus. It's not because all of this is hunky dory. It's really hard, sure. right? But it's because I have Jesus, and it's, it, I don't know, it's, it's an amazing opportunity, but it's, it's definitely harder than I think some people think. Should be. Yeah, yeah. It's difficult. It's, it's going to be something that you're going to see parents messing up. You're going to see kids that have come from being raised in broken homes and the results of that. Um, So, like you said, it's not going to be like, you probably also shouldn't go into it thinking, picking and choosing the perfect kid, right? right? Like, I want the kid that has the least amount of problems so that I have the least amount of problems in my house. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Obviously, we have to make decisions to protect the family that we have. Yes. We make wise decisions, but we shouldn't be going into it thinking, oh, this kid's a lost cause. I'm not bringing him into my house. Right. That's not a Christian mentality to have. The, the unfortunate thing is, is there's usually not enough information from DCS to let you make that decision anyway. They won't give you the information that the kid has been sexually abused and there may be some sexual stuff. They just keep that under the rug and then they get this, oh, it's this this six-year-old girl, you know, she's just gone. And you go, okay, well, on paper she looks good. And then you come to find out that it's there. So, mm-hmm. um Again, you have to kind of, and they do a really good job in the PS Map class of 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 telling you, hey, there's the possibility of you know um, 
possible sexual abuse, you know, that may show itself in, in certain ways. There's a possibility of, you know, tantrums, you know, like big, big tantrums, you know, all sorts of nasty stuff and everything like that. So they try and let you know, like, these things are possible. Um, but even my wife and I, when we went through it, sometimes we're like, well, I don't know. If, I mean, could it be really that bad? And yeah, we experienced it all. We, re- we yeah. really did. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were trying to get you to understand that. But I think, you know, our audience, we need to let them know, hey, this is something that we, we can and that we should do. But you really need to make sure that you're doing your research so that you're prepared, generally prepared for it. Sure. Right? Wow. And it, it talks about in scripture, it says to visit the widow and the orphan in their affliction, mm-hmm. right? right? And yeah. and to um, love them in their affliction. So it, it doesn't say, I mean, obviously it's loving to adopt the orphan sure. into your family. Sure. But to visit them in their affliction, to take care of them yeah. in their affliction, yeah. like that's taking care of them yeah. and loving them in their affliction, yes. right? Yes. Um, in knowing that a child desires to be with their mm-hmm. birth parents, mm-hmm. with their parents that um, they were, were originally intended to be with. Yep. Um, so talk about pure religion, right? Yeah. Talk mm. about following scripture. Yes. Um, and be and dying to yourself because as we said, you're not getting necessarily the benefit yeah. of another child in yep. your house. You're you're just being a Christian and following the calling calling to love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Mm. And uh, man, that's beautiful. And um, so so you, we kinda went over it already, but who shouldn't be a foster parent? Like, you know, who's, sure. you know, obviously um, we say, you know, people should be involved in t- caring for the orphan, the widow. That doesn't necessarily mean everyone needs to have them in their house. Right. So right? I, I guess I'll just start off with who who shouldn't, but then I can talk about the, the support and everything like that. But, um, you know, the first and the first thing that I noticed is is if you are not on the same page with your spouse, mm. right? So if your wife says, we really need to do this, and the husband says, I, I guess, or mm. in our case, I was the one that was pushing, like, hey, we really need to do this. And my wife was like, oh, really? Are you sure? Um, that causes problems, right? Yeah. So you, we all know that in our marriages, we're going to have friction just because we're two sinful people and everything like that. Yeah. Um, but the sanctification is really going to come out in these situations because if you are not united, uh, you know, things can really get pulled apart really quickly because mm. there's this added tension and turmoil in the house at times, right? Sure. Not all the time, but at times. And it can really expose um, the the lack of unity in certain areas. Yeah. That's really, good, bro. Yeah. yeah. Really easy to say, I told you so. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or look, see what happened or, sure. you know, so, hmm. yeah. I, I think that's a good thing in the sense of when God's in the equation, And let's say that there is plight in the household, right? And these situations happened. When you look at it in hindsight, it brought you closer together in the long term. Totally. Like in a post-mill even sense Mm -hmm. with suffering in society. So that's a beautiful thing for children to see as well. To see that through suffering, if I honor God and trust in God, like Joseph being thrown into a pit, sold into Mm -hmm. slavery, and still trusting in God, not sinning with Potiphar's wife, and then being the second man to Pharaoh, and then getting his family back in the land, forgiving his brothers, right. reconciliation with his family to have the whole Jewish nation come from that to the death of Christ. Yeah. Like uh, Genesis 50, what what uh, man intended for evil, God used for good to you know, bring about his purposes. It's the same thing that the Christian's doing yeah. with foster care. We see that there's a situation that's bad in the household, mm-hmm. but when the Christian steps in, I, I would say that they have the authority 
by the word of God to actually show children who are suffering and families in themselves how to actually govern the family government. Yes. Yes. I, I feel the issue um, could be with the state, right? Like, a, uh, what biblically, what, what would you think, was there issues with the state being involved? Should the state yeah. even be involved so, biblically? You, so what you just said, problems at the home, right? That's usually what we assume. The state can do whatever they want. We've seen them take children out of good homes and pull them out. They may not be the nicest looking homes or whatever, but the state can do whatever they want. So mm -hmm. you have to remember that that mother or father on the other end may not even be a bad parent. But now, because the state decided that they're going to do something, oh. now they have to spend the next six, eight, ten months to get their kids back. And they weren't drug addicts. They weren't this. They just, they didn't have the nicest living facilities. And, you know, some neighbor maybe called on them and said that, you know, they heard the kids screaming or they saw the kid out there without any clothes on or who knows what, right? Yeah. right. But the state is a beast. I'm sorry. The state does not need to be involved in it. So I, I, they, they were, they were the biggest, the biggest out of everything. They were the biggest problem. We saw them lie in front of judges. We saw them treat parents that were at the courthouse trying to go get their kids, treat them like dirt because they were there. It's just heartbreaking. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I grew up again, like I told you, uh, we have military in my family. My dad was in the army. I grew up loving, you know, the military, the police. I respected our government and everything like that. And this situation, unfortunately, showed me that you know although government itself is under god that there's just so much uh, corruption yeah. within it yeah um you yeah. know they have a, the authority to bear the sword they have yes. the authority to have a military yes. and a police department yes. to punish the wicked and do good things for the good but they don't have the authority to take children from people's families or to hold people in foster care that, that should be the church right yeah. that should be the us individuals the totally. ones helping others yeah. that's what you're saying yeah it was it was it was it huh. was tough to watch um and again you know they can they can make up and lie whatever they want because if you go before the judge and you say hey that's not true but you've got DCS and the lawyer and everybody in cahoots saying no 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 this is a bad guy the judge is going to believe them because every other parent in there goes no I didn't do anything wrong right sure. I why did you take my kid away I that wasn't me or you know whatever so they just go oh, you know I don't believe you just you know spend a couple months showing me that you really want your kids back uh -huh. and then we'll do it. So what you're saying is they're not following the biblical principles of two to three independent oh, witnesses. Not, not even close. And because of that, there's unchecked, there's not checks and balances correctly so that justice cannot truly be served. Because as you said, those three people have a similar interest. They're all saying the same thing. And then there's the parent on the other mm, side, yeah. right? Yeah, they're already overstepping the bounds of uh, their sovereignty that they should have. So that, that's that's huge, bro. Like yeah. what I heard was like that the church. That's why the church should be fostering because then it we is. wouldn't have that issue. It is. It is. Mm -hmm. So you know, amongst all of that corruption and everything like that, if that if that's where it is right now, we definitely need to be in there because it is so corrupt and so evil. Sure. So we can be witnessing to each and every one of those people, and they will know if they if they lie about us as foster parents or whatever, they will know the truth. Yeah. That, you know, we, we are upholding God's standard and everything like that. If they want to lie about it, that's going to be on them. And they're going sure. to know that they're absolutely doing it. Hmm. Um, but, yeah. What, what was your question before that? I don't remember how we got uh, Who shouldn't be in foster yeah. care? Who shouldn't be in foster care? And you said, you said uh, a husband and wife that aren't on the same page right. about it. Yep. Don't push your spouse to have to do something Definitely they don't want to do. No. And, you know, again, that it can still... 
you know, if I wanted to do it, uh, I could have just spent more time preparing uh, my family for it. Uh, I, I, we tend to, we were in a rush situation, so I kind of just pushed it through, but we could have spent more time making sure that we were solid as, as a unit together, mm-hmm. making sure that maybe we had um, the support. And this is what I was going to talk about is making sure that, okay, so let's just say you aren't fit to be a foster parent. You can support those who are. Right. Right. Oh, wow. Okay. So, um, you know, especially when you get a new, when you get a new child into your family, um, there's, you've, you've got all of these different visits you got to go to because they just got taken away from their parents. So they've got to go to the doctor and make sure that they don't have any conditions. They've got to go see a, uh, you know, a psychiatrist or a counselor or something like that. They've got all these different things to do. So there's, there's these groups that will support them and, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm on the list. A kid's probably coming. And then, and then you can say, okay, you let me know and we'll make dinner that night. Right. Um, Hey, uh, I I got a five-year-old kid. We need to get some five-year-old kid clothes or something, you know, know, because usually they show up with what's on their back and maybe a backpack with something in it, but that's the backpack is, I don't don't know. Right. So they just show up with what they've got. So we try and get them into some sort of a comfortable living situation. So there's, there's a lot of different ways that you can support them immediately. And then throughout the whole time that they're fostering. Okay. So we can be supportive of your family who's fostering by providing resources, giving rides, helping make a meal possibly, yeah. helping watch your kids maybe at some point in time if yeah. you have to take them to mm-hmm. a, a appointment they can't go to yep. or something like that. So totally makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, they, we, we, we went to a lot of trainings over the years and everything. And that was, that was usually the biggest thing that was that they were telling the church to do. Okay. Hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a grandma and grandpa. I can't really foster and keep up with the kids, but I can definitely cook you a meal. Hey, you know, uh, they're, they're busy with the foster family. I'll, I'll come do your yard work this week or whatever. There's, there's all sorts of little things that, you know, you would think, I'm like, is that really even going to help? But it, it it helps so much. It really does. It's one less thing that you have to think about so you can focus on this child and the family that they were just taken away from. What was the family dynamic like when you began fostering with, when the, the, the new child came into your home with yeah. your existing children? What was that like? Yeah, it's, you know, the, the you know, my kids were excited. Uh, they were, they were really excited to be able to kind of serve and, you know, they were young, but they were excited to be able to kind of serve this child and everything. But, you know, it's something, I guess, along with the, the husband and wife, it's something you kind of have to make sure that your kids are ready for too. Um, Christian Family Care is who, who we went through as an agency to, they, they kind of represented us. They didn't let you take any kids that were, um, older than your kids. Yeah. So they had to be younger than, okay. you know, your youngest yeah. and everything. Makes sense. Um, so that there isn't, uh, you know this older kid coming in and then lording over all the other kids and saying, that's what you need to do and everything. So, um, I think that's wise. Not all agencies will do that. Sometimes they'll say, Oh, well, you've got a a three and a five year old, but we've got the 16 year old that we need somebody to, you know, help out with and everything. But I think that's, that's a good, uh, a good way to go. But yeah, if you, if you prep your kids and, and I think our kids were somewhat prepped, uh, we just got to tell them, hey, listen, there's going to be kind of different behaviors and everything. Yeah. Um, you know, this is what I expect of you and you know, how you can, how you can show me love right now is really sticking to if I ask you to do something, do that so I can take care of this. Yeah. But then as parents, being able to spend maybe that time with your biological kids later yeah. or separate or however, but just to be able to... Preparing them. Yeah. Preparing yeah. them to have this new child in the home. Mm-hmm. And you would probably say, uh, would you agree not having older kids uh, oh, yeah. come into your house over yes. your own children? Yes. That would make sense. Very wise. So that's that's one of the things, too. There's all sorts of different foster agencies out there. Um, 
you know, in, in Arizona, we liked Christian family care because they, they took the Christian position seriously, right? Mm-hmm. They were like, you know, you need to be going to a church. You need to, there was a lot of statements that you yes. needed to agree with. They didn't allow Mormons or anything like that that said they were Christians. Like, you know, yes. so. And I remember they asked you, like, how would you present the gospel? Yeah. How yeah. would you share the gospel hmm. with a child? I remember them asking me that yeah. in the interview. So being able to being able to have those uh, as as your support team because everything else is state run. So being able to have your agency represent you, be Christian, I think is is super helpful. Sometimes people choose not to because they're trying to rush to get a kid or sure. something like that. But again, I think that was very helpful for us um, to be able to have that agency be able to pray with us, talk through us, listen to our frustrations and everything like that. Um, because again, if you're just talking to some person in the state, they, they don't, they don't even have the same world that you have. So, mm, yeah. yeah. And let's talk about that real quick. You know, in listening to what you said of a place that can, uh, people who can maybe not be foster parents, but support somebody who is man, talk about a great place to do that would be at our church mm-hmm. with such the family integration. Totally. Yep. The families that have lots of other resources for other families, yeah. the heart to serve other families, yeah. like an apology at church is such a great place for parents to become foster parents because the families there really do life with each other, mm-hmm. right? We really support each other. We really, um, when someone has a need, you know, a baby comes into the world for somebody's family, there's a list of people making meals and bringing yep, stuff yep. over and cleaning their house. Mm-hmm, or when somebody mm-hmm. gets sick, you know, um, just the church being the church. Totally. And, uh, yeah, our, our church is an awesome atmosphere for that to happen. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that goes like what Andrew was saying. Like, that's the, the church should be doing this. We're, we're more than equipped. We're already doing it in other areas. So it's just another thing to add to the list that we can be loving on and supporting each other. So just as a side note, if you do know any foster families that are in your church, um, know that it's tough. Show them grace. Um, Pay no attention to the tantrums and the behaviors and everything like that. Um, You know, one of the tougher things out in the world, um, especially uh, today with with everybody just being nosy Nancys and stuff like that, um, people will come and condemn you to your face for uh, this child uh, that's you know causing trouble in Costco, right? Uh-huh. Throwing a tantrum and everything like that. Um, and again, this is one of those count the cost things. Like, can you handle that? Can you handle somebody coming up to say, coming up to you and saying you're the worst dad that I've ever seen? I can't believe you're letting your kid do this, right? Right in front of you, in front of the kid. Mm. Like, can you handle that? Can you can you just be like, oh yeah? Or are you going to be like, well, they're a foster kid? No, that's not what they want to hear, right? Yeah. You, you just stand up and you say, no, I've got this taken care of. You know, thank you for your concern or whatever yeah. the case is. So, yeah, oof. yeah, it's tough, man, because yeah. you want to just default and be like, actually, it's not mine. But, you know, yeah. that's that's not what we're doing. This is this is this is loving on that kid as if they're ours. Mm-hmm. You know? mm. Wow. That's good. So if you aren't on the same page, yep. if you um, want to adopt Right. right, that might not be the best thing for you if that's your absolute goal. Like you're going to be torn apart if you don't have this one child because it's not like you just have one child. They're going to ask like kids are going to come in and out of your door possibly. Well, right? so, so here's the thing with adoption: you can sign up as an adoption only foster family. Okay. Okay. But you are not guaranteed to adopt the kid that comes into your home, right? So you might be set up. Um, as a, as an adoptive, they go, okay, Hey, 
these these rights have been severed from their parents. This place needs a home. They put them in your home. You spend six months together loving on this kid, thinking in your head, you have these expectations. This is going to be my kid. This is going to be my kid. Anything can happen. Literally anything can happen. They mm-hmm. can. The state can be like, you know what, an uncle. Uncle came along. Kids, not, we're, we're going to send them to the uncle. Seen it many times. So you think in your head, you've got these expectations that you think the child's going to be mine. And then that's the hardest part is they, their expectations are blown. Just like in marriage, right? We unmet expectations. Your expectations are blown and now you're tore up because you thought, I was guaranteed to have this kid. Nothing is guaranteed, man. It really right. isn't. So right. if you go into it and say, listen, I want to adopt. My goal is to adopt, but we'll see what happens. I know that I will adopt at some point, right? Yeah. They will let me adopt. That's fine. But having that expectation that the first kid that gets put in is going to be my adopted kid is, is not. Sure. So, um, And obviously there's struggles and challenges uh, an attachment to a child like mm-hmm. you're going to have heartache when that child yes. leaves, your, leaves your house yes. no matter what like yeah. you build a relationship with a kid um you love on that kid and then they're taken out of your home right like, yeah that's gonna hurt so most that's probably one of the biggest things when i talk to families about becoming a foster family is they go i couldn't do it i would be too attached it would hurt too much and we tell them, you're the exact family that, that should be fostering that kid, right? Because you would love on them, because you mm-hmm. would be attached to them, you would be giving them genuine love and care while their parents were getting their stuff together. Those are the people that we need to be, you know, that, that we need to be foster families because they would be investing in these kids, showing them the gospel, preaching it to their, uh, preaching it to their parents and to everybody around and everything. I mean, my kids, I, the, the amount of growth, even though, hard hard times right the amount of growth that came out of them being foster siblings right like mm-hmm. it was good so you know when, when we started all of this we weren't of the reformed faith and you know i kind of you know i would always say like god's in control and everything like that but as we as we kind of came through this progression and really realized that god is in control you can have just this like oh man like this is tough but this this is yeah. for good right this right. is this is for good and i can see it now here and there and there and it, it was still painful over here but here are all of the good things that came out of it amen yeah. dude you know? amen yeah. I, I think too like that reconciliation mindset uh can also lead to you know it's sad when the child leaves but you can also rejoice yeah because the family is getting back together that was your goal right that's, that's goal. what we said our goal yeah. was rejoice. Yeah. It's, it's almost like the death of somebody, right? Yeah. Where it's grief, there's grief and mm-hmm. sadness. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if they knew Jesus, you're worshiping the Lord that they're with mm-hmm. their savior. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Praise God, man. Yeah. That, so that's, that's gotta be, um, something that is so sanctifying yeah. too. You know, God talks about, uh, children are a gift and they're a gift. They're a gift. And that's a gift from God. And the fact that you're being blessed with, with a child, but also, you're being blessed through the sanctification of having that child in your home. Yep. And man, talk about a sanctification, sanctifying process of having a child who's not yours yes. come into your home and you, like you said, the father at Costco comes up to you and tells you the worst that I've ever seen. Talk about a sanctifying process of loving this child, loving your neighbor and being persecuted for what you're doing yes, yes. and that's a calling from god yeah, right yeah that's pretty amazing right yeah, and yeah. and sanctifying and and imagine the growth right in you that's going to 
come from dying to yourself and being like Christ, yeah. right? Um, it's a good yeah. mindset to have, man. Suffering is a beautiful thing. Yes. Yeah. I know I, I took on some kids for a while. They were my family, but right. it was still a very, yeah. very sanctifying experience. But reconciliation happened in uh, different ways with that family, and now they're on their own. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that's like a beautiful thing to see, but it was hard. Yeah. And definitely that sanctification yeah. occurred when there was rifts between my wife and I even prior. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness, yeah. man. Yeah. But, you you but, probably wanted to give me a call like, yeah. Dusty. Yeah, Dusty, Dusty and Crystal were... were Pretty much one of the main reasons of why we let uh, we, that the Lord used to really push our hearts to bring our family into our home. But I would never change it for the world. And yeah. um, look at what's, what's happened. Yeah, and look and what's happened now from that is a beautiful thing. But the sanctifying thing that you're talking sure, about sure. that was <laughs> real, man. <laughs> but it, but we're way better off now than we yeah. ever were before. And I could never picture my life without that ever happening. Right. That's how good God is. That's yeah. His plans are so much better than ours because we wouldn't do it this way. We'd be like, oh, <laughs> right? Get, right, like you said, give me the perfect kid, right. and then it'll just be a little struggle, and then we'll make it through. And like, oh, you know, yeah, we did it. Like yeah, good job. Yeah. Some some of them are like that, to be honest with you. But <laughs> right. I had to tell my 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 wife sometimes sometimes you get the ten talents. <laughs> You know, there's going to be this big reward at the end, but you were given a lot more responsibility, you know, yeah. and there you go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So uh, just a side story, you know, for me, I've, I've looked into fostering and adopting twice. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, there's this cycle for me. There's like, there's this cycle I go through. I have a child, right? And this is, this isn't the mindset I have now, but this is the mindset I had before. It was like, uh, I just had a child. Okay this is difficult. I don't want to have another child right now. Right. And then God like changes our heart and he's like, he starts putting things into motion. He's like, you know, I'm, I'm adopted. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm a, a child of adoption. So he's like, you know, you need to look into foster care because you need to die to yourself. And my wife and I will start looking into adoption or foster care. And literally a month later, my wife will get pregnant <laughs> and we'll like already be going through the process. Yeah. That's happened twice. <laughs> yep, it's happened twice. But each time he changes our hearts, right? Cause like, he's like, we're like, you know what, God, you're right. Like he was right all the time, but we were being stubborn and yeah. we're like, you know what? Children are a gift from God. That's true. We need to be all about my father's business. And as soon as that mindset changes, yeah. he's like, here's your baby. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so, it's so <laughs> I wonder ridiculous. what's going to happen next time. Yeah. I know. I know. And my, and my wife and I were just watching a, a documentary called Rescued. Have you seen that on Amazon Prime? I don't think so. It's like a, a R.C. Sproul Jr. is in it. Okay. And like um, it talks about adoption and fostering. Um, but mostly adoption and it just gives like, you know, the biblical, um, call to take care of. And, um, it's just really powerful because it, it's so true. Like you, you hear these truths in scripture, you see them, you read them, and then the Holy Spirit makes it real yeah. and makes mm -hmm. it alive and makes it apparent that like, yes, this has always been a truth of God and this is for you. Yeah. Too. Wow. Yeah. You know what it's I like, mean? Don't you know you were adopted? Right. You know what I mean? Like you were adopted into the family of God. Yeah. It's like, don't you realize that? And think about like how great the love is for a child who isn't yours to be adopted into your family and loved by a family that is not theirs. Yeah. It's huge, dude. Right? 
Yeah. Like it's not their blood, and that's the same thing that Christ does for us. We're not his children, but he adopts us yeah. as his children. He adopts us into his bloodline. He never loses us. He loves us unconditionally. Wow. And we love him. Mm. You know, it's beautiful. And then to think about, I mean, to think about that child one day, God using that to save them, right? Mm -hmm. God using your witness, your obedience as a vehicle to save that child and adopt them into his family. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. Wow. Beautiful picture, right? That is beautiful. That's an eternal relationship you can have with somebody. Even after you die, you're in heaven, worshiping the Savior with that same person. Yeah. And you're going to get those, that, and I'm not saying that's exactly what the crown is, but thinking about one day you see that child who was in your home wow. in the kingdom mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. And, that's hitting my heart right and, now. And, and knowing beautiful. that that was a part of God's plan and wow, that's, that's what it paid off. That's humbling, dude. Yeah. That's really beautiful. Mm. Yeah, it's possible. It's not easy, but it's, it's definitely possible. So eyes wide open and know what sure. you're getting into, man. Mm. And the other side of it is it might be a really difficult, terrible situation. Yeah. And we're not called to live lives of comfort. Yeah. We're not called to have the best kids in our household who give us no problems yeah. at all. Yeah. Right? And there's a lot of kids in that foster. I mean, there's so many kids in the foster yes. system. Yes. Um, there's way more kids than possible parents. And let's think about these children who are in the foster care system who have disabilities that nobody yeah. wants. Yes, yes. You know, they nobody wants this kid because they're Down syndrome or nobody wants this kid because they're um, disabled in yeah. some way. Mm-hmm. And um, that child wants love totally. too and needs love just like any other kid. The same goes for, for older kids too. Nobody wants the older kids. Right. So I think once you get past 12... Everybody wants the cute little kid that they think they they can mold into, you know, whatever they want and everything like that. They so they've got all of these kids that are that are preteens, teenagers, and everything, and nobody wants them, and they end up just going into group homes. And then once they turn eighteen, out into the world, they just send yeah. them out. They don't have anybody loving on them, so no discipleship. You know, yeah, there isn't. So having families that you know, again, maybe their kids, like I was sharing with you guys earlier, my friends had kids. They were already out of the house, and they yeah. started cycling through. Maybe their best fit for you know teenagers and everything like that or whatever they don't have any young ones at home anymore or whatever but you know that's each family but again that's disabled older kids those are the big overlooked ones people want infants and then they want you know maybe the little toddlers and everything like that so right but every family is their own and what you're saying too is you can be older right and still have foster kids you don't like there it's not like you know there's an age where you stop having children Mm -hmm in your you know 40s or whatever that number is right. it's like you can still foster as an older mm-hmm. person yeah. in your 50s and 60s you can have a teenager in yep. your house yep. you you can have a younger child in your house mm-hmm. wow. and um like being older doesn't negate you from being a foster parent in fact like you said your kids are out of the house yep. right yeah so and you know how to be a parent you're you've, wise, you've yeah. gone through it you have wisdom so an opportunity to continue on. That's that's interesting, man. It makes me think about 
how the Christian life should be. Like we should constantly be warring with the world, the flesh, and the devil. Yeah. Our life, we shouldn't have rest until the day we die. Right. That's when we put on our robes. Right now, we wear the full armor of God, but we in our society have this picture to where we hit a certain age, we retire, and we do nothing for <laughs> right. the rest of our right. lives. Yeah. If more Christian people at an older age said, you know what, I'm still warring. I'm bringing these kids into my home. Yeah. I'm going to be a biblical disciple. And I'm going to raise them up. We don't want them to be disciples of the state. Mm-hmm. Right. Look where the, the disciples of the state are getting us now with public school indoctrination in the fatherless true. nation. We have them looting and rooting, uh, rioting and looting stores <laughs> yep. and destroying things, causing injustice, injustice for an injustice, right? Sure. Like repaying evil with evil, which makes no sense. Sure. I never even thought about that until you guys were talking in regards to someone having an, being an empty nester. You've got all this wisdom now. Yeah. Why hold it in? Yeah. yeah. Why not bless other people? I think that's I think that's heavy, dude. I never that never even once crossed my mind. I was just before this just happened just now, I was jaded with the retirement mindset sure. and the sense of children being out of your home. Yeah. yeah. That's 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 heavy, guys. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's a good opportunity. I mean, usually when you're older in life too, your finances, maybe you are retired from a job, so you have yeah. all of this time. Yep. To yeah. spend with this child exactly that you love we should we should be doing that I, I would say that the the failing system from the state is the fault of the church right yeah. the state yeah. should have never had its hand in it in the first place yeah. but it probably got its hand in it because the church was failing yeah well great discussion real quick before we get into some fun stuff if somebody wants to become a foster parent where's somewhere that they can go that uh, is not going to say that you're giving them your yeah, you know, yeah. set of approval, but somewhere they can go. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. So in Arizona, they have, I think every state has the same thing, but they'll have, you know, an organization that'll say, okay, this is the, this is the state's way that we do it. And then they'll lead you to where all the agencies are at. You can interview the agencies and figure that out. Um, the states will hold these intro classes, like I talked about mm-hmm. throughout, um, all over wherever you're at, you can find one of those to go to. Um, and then after you go to that intro class, if you think that, you know, you're, you're, you're ready to go, then you would find an agency that would match you up and figure out your expectations. They, they do a really thorough process of figuring out what, what's going to work for your family, you know, in the Christian one that we went to, right, where you're at as far as your faith is concerned and all of those before they kind of let you go off. So, um, yeah, I, 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 it's probably not the most solid answer, but I think each state will, would have their own, um, okay. you know, yeah. CPS, DCS, whatever you call it in your state. So, okay. yeah, that's that's probably your first place to start. We can we can maybe check later and then okay. you can send it out. Yeah, I can put, put a link in the yeah. description. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, um, we had a great discussion. Now let's have a little bit of fun. Okay. Not that that it. wasn't fun. <laughs> so I'm going to bust out right now. It's time for the... Wheel, Wheel of Groom. Oh, boy. Yes. So, the Wheel of Groom, I'm going to bust it out here. Bust that bad boy out. It's got some games on it that we get to play here. So, what we do is just spin the wheel. Whatever game it lands on, you will compete against my man Andrew okay. High School T over here. Okay. The winner of this game um, will... Uh, th- well, if you win this game, you get to take a mug home. All right. If you lose the game, you have to have the jelly beans of death. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow, they went all the way up. Yeah. Jelly beans of jelly death. Beans of death. That's you what will die. Yep. Yeah. Let's go ahead and give that a spin. All right, let's see here. Truth or dare? Dang. All right. 
Here we go. This is the game where I always forget the instructions. Okay. Truth or dare. So, there's three trivia. I'm going to give you each three trivia cards. I'm going to give you three truth or dare cards. Uh, you're going to ask the opponent the trivia card. And if they get it wrong, they you get to ask them one of your dares. If they get it right, they get to ask you one of their truth questions. You can choose not to do the dare or the truth, but then they get to put down two of their cards rather than just one of their cards. So I'm going to get these See, I lost the directions down. Already. Yeah, Dusty's going right. to keep us in line. Yeah, he does every going. time. I'll keep you guys going. So these have ones these are been, these are. The, yeah, those are the truth or dare cards. Okay. These have been shuffled since last time, right? I hope so. <laughs> it, go ahead and take a look at them. Maybe you can tell me if they if they have Andrew. You would know. All right. Yeah, this one this one's not been shuffled. These are what Alexander had last time. Are they? Okay, yeah. I'll give you some different ones. Okay. All right. So we'll get these truth or dare cards out. Here is three new ones, and here's three new ones. Right. And uh, some of them are kind of iffy, so <laughs> PG it. if you see that, uh, skip over that one. You guys got trivia cards, too? Yeah, three I, of them? I have, like, a whole Five trivia cards? Three. Three. Grab three of them. I'm just going to mix these up, too, just in case. And uh, the, the oldest goes, asks first question. I think we know that's me. <laughs> <laughs> but you're physically younger than me, most likely. <laughs> <laughs> So which one I'm asking the You pick any trivia card you can ask. Any trivia card. Him. Yep. Okay. Oh boy. Let's see here. I feel like these are all tailored towards my buddy Andrew over here. So let's right. see. That's what I'll think, dude. You're gonna get all three of mine. No, no, no. I I don't know. Trivia is not not my not my best suit, so Let's see if we can get this one. All right, so what worldwide chain of stores was named after a character in Moby Dick? Was named after a character in Moby Dick. Mm -hmm. A chain of stores. Hmm. Three, two, one. No idea. It's Starbucks? Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Starbucks. I, I no so idea. you ask him a dare now. You put that card Dang. down, and then you pick up your your truth or dare cards. You can look at all three of them, okay. and you pick them one of your dares, <clears throat> and then you get to put that card down as well. I was thinking like clothing store for some reason. I don't know why. Oh gosh. Uh, so uh, pretend to read a page out of the diary of the person opposite of you tell all of the details. So is that him or is that me? That's going to be you because you guys are you guys are playing. Oh gosh. Oh man. Okay, yes. pretend to read a page. Okay. Let me just let me just think real quick. I got to think. This is so funny. All right. Does he have to read it in your voice, too? I don't know. Star date 04 24 1014. I'm in a submarine. Life has been a little bit hazy today. Oh my gosh. I woke up and did the same thing over again. <laughs> they make me do the electrical in this machine daily. But I know that nothing will be wrong. How do I stay consistent? How do I jog around this thing? It's been days now that I have not seen the light from the sun. They give us these little holes. But don't they realize the ocean is very dark? <laughs> One day, I'll see my love again. 
and it will happen soon enough. But for now, I'll jog and check the electrical again. Oh my gosh. Mike reporting out. Well that's, done. That's good. Well <laughs> that's good. There are no portholes in submarines, by oh, the way. See, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Perfect. But we're good. <laughs> Darn, I was so Dude, close. you've been to Disneyland in the submarine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been to Disneyland, <laughs> there's bro. There's the Captain Di- Nemo or yeah. the, uh, the Little Nemo one? Yes. yes. <laughs> All right, Andrew, you're, you're up. Okay, here we go. What animal is used in the Lacoste, Lacoste or Lacoste brand logo? Uh, mm-hmm. Alligator. Crocodile! Oh, <laughs> cousins, dude. Come oh, on. Yeah. Same kind, Bull different crap. species. Oh, man. All right, all right. So we get to do... A dare. A dare, okay. Oh, this is so good. Oh, I know the best one. Okay. Touch your ears with your feet any way possible. Let's... Do I have to do it on the camera? or I can do it, but... <laughs> um, I have to get up here. I yeah, get, get up here. <laughs> Let's do it, bro. You got this. Oh, my this. gosh. Yeah, that's right, he doesn't have shoes on either. Perfect. I want to make sure this stays angled. Let's see if we can do it. Actually, point yourself that way towards that camera for Point it. myself. Th- is it, can it handle me? I can, I can, it can. Dude, this thing is solid. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There it you can go. Handle the Crossfit it. All right, let's Crossfit see if we can do it. There. And here we go. Pretty flexible, but we'll see if we can We can do this one. Oh, this is This great. is happening. Ears, feet, to, uh, feet to ear? Touch your ears with your feet any way possible. I don't know how there's multiple ways to do that. I don't know. Oh my gosh. Maybe not. Oh, oh, uh, oh if you could do Got it. Oh, got it. it. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Got it. I was trying to pull up. I just needed to go down. <laughs> Good job, bro. All right. All right. Your turn, Mike. All right. So which one am I doing? Uh, right. Pick a trivia, trivia card. card. Good job, bro. Oh, I didn't really. You can do the bottom <laughs> trivia, too? Yep. Oh, I either didn't one. see that. Oh, I didn't notice that either. What? That's too hard for you, I think. <laughs> no, I like, yeah. I don't even know what that is. I don't know that. <clears throat> I know weird things sometimes. So, who became instantly famous for her song Friday being oh. terrible? Oh, Rebecca Black. All right, good. Wow, okay, so you ask him a truth question. I ask him a truth question? Put, I just put it yep. down. Okay. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite quote and why? Oh, boy. I'm going get real right now. Mike's real. I don't. I don't know who's the whose quote it is because everybody attributes it to a bunch of people. But pretty much the uh, doing nothing in the in the face of evil is evil itself, or we're not speaking. Oh. I, I don't remember what it is, but they, right. they say Albert Einstein did it, Martin Luther King Jr. did it, or whatever. Ah. I, th- I think the idea behind it is. Like with the abortion bill or whatever, if, mm. if if we're gonna allow that stuff to go on and just be silent, then we're we're complicit. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah, nice. that's good, bro. See, nice. getting real with Mike. Mike's mm-hmm. real time. All, All right, that. next trivia card. <clears throat> trivia. All right, this supernatural drama set in Mystic Falls, Virginia, is based on a book series of the same name. Oh dang! Oh. This is such a good show, too. <laughs> I see it in my head. I've watched it. It's kind of, it's like an X-Files-ish show. Oh, my goodness. How am I going to forget this? This is one of those shows that is so good. It's older. Come on, Andrew. I'm going to get so angry with myself. I don't think it's... Twin Peaks. Peaks. No. Oh, it's not Twin Peaks? Oh, that's in Oregon. Yeah. This is the Vampire Diaries. Oh, so gosh. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you didn't know. See, it. I was in the. I was thinking the North, like no, no, no. What, I, I don't know Twin what Peaks. that was called, but that's oh, that that's the name of it. Yeah, yeah, Twin yeah. Peaks. That's Mystic, what I was thinking yeah. of. Okay, 
All right, Man, ask him, that's ask a, him a dare question. Okay. <clears throat> Diaries. Come on, that's a whole, that's not even a show. It's a, it's a game. It's a, All right, invent a new dance move. Teach it to the other players. <laughs> Be sure to give it a name. Oh Be my sure goodness. to give it a name. Okay, I've already got one in my head. I'm gonna call it the swag, dude. Okay. I don't even know where to do it at. Like how how to how to be seen. How should I do it? How am I gonna be seen with this? I don't know if it'll see me or not. Cause go. I got it. I got the leg movement. Oh, can you go in the front of the? Can you hit the front? Yeah, it still won't see it. I'll get up here. Do it. Watch We're gonna have to head. get up here. Get on Watch up. your head. All right. I'll have to. All right, bro. It's Watch quite. Head. It's Watch quite head. simple. Okay. Let me just spin around here. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, oh no. That's the swag? Yeah. I think that's called the stanky leg, Andrew. <laughs> it's pretty close to it. Boom, that's the swag, bro. The swag, okay. Dare oh. accepted. Oh my goodness. Oh, I almost died. I got a foot cramp doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, one more what well, you guys both have one card left. We oh, the, the goal we go. is to get it get it going. You gotta ask him a trivia oh, question first. This kid did this determines go. whether you win or not. On which British television show did the members of One Direction meet? What? Ooh. I don't even know British television. <laughs> British television. British television. went there. All I know is Mr. Bean. <laughs> what's the... What's the... Uh, Doctor Who. Nope. I, 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 Wonder... Or... The X Factor. The X Factor. Oh, we were thinking... The show. We uh, were thinking uh, that. The X Factor. How do you... What's an English accent? Factor. The X Factor. Mm. All right. You get to ask him the last one. All Hopefully right. Hopefully it's something you can do on camera, though. It's oh, a yeah. dare. It's a dare? All right. It's one up. Whoops. I put the wrong one down. Wearing a blindfold, apply your own lipstick. No. We don't no. have any lipstick. Oh, man. Oh, man. Why don't you have lipstick, dude? What am I doing here? Try, what are you try. doing here? All right. Oh, that's, that's the one that we had last week. All right, we'll get... What kind of show is this, nope. Andrew? Do it again. Oh, okay. You guys are cherry-picking. So this one, so who's... So you got, okay, dude, this is gonna... That'll be funny. Should you do that or no? No, nah, let's give him this okay. one. Okay. Because that one... Okay, we Dan. We have that much. Dance like a ballerina. Oh, I do this all the time, dude. Where, where, where are we doing it at here? Yeah. Yeah, right there. Ooh. Ooh. There's a cord there. Oh, so. nice, <laughs> yeah. bro. Thank you. Oh. 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 That was good. All right. Good job. Andrew, you are a winner. Finally. I haven't won in so long. It's been a while. It's, it's been a while. Now. Mike. Thank, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'll get the death beans. The jelly oh beans of death. Jelly what we usually do is you have you spin this wheel oh and pick, but I'm just going to allow you to pick All right. colors, and I'll tell you what it might be. Okay. Hold <clears> it up for us after you pick it. So I'm I'm not digging any of the brown there. So I'm gonna do this one that seems to be pink and red and maybe a little dot of blue or something. Okay, okay. that's either uh, barf or peach. I hope you get barf. Or what? strawberry banana smoothie or dead fish. What? One of those. Barf or dead fish? Here we go, bro. <laughs> no, Hold dude. it up for us and then Dear Jesus, get it down. I'm throwing up on your stuff if uh, <laughs> if it's barf, dude. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's strawberry or something. Wow. Strawberry. Okay. Why? You got two more. I got two more. There's what? Three, three total. Oh, my gosh. We got to give you a 33% chance, dude. Oh, man. I, d I really don't want the browns. I think that's... That's, <laughs> not... that's a wise decision. Yeah, that is. Oh, gosh. Is this what I picked last time? Yeah. This one? 
Yep. He wants another strawberry banana. Well, I, I don't Go know. Go for one of the white ones. Yeah, what is... What is what? That's either going to be birthday cake or dirty dishwater. Oh, oh dirty dishwater is so bad, bro. I had that last time. How can it taste like dirty dishwasher? I know. It does. Oh, oh gosh, that's so bad. <laughs> what do you think it tastes like? Yeah, that was like if I got something right out of the the dishwasher. Oh, go for this one right here. <laughs> that one? That one's either coconut or spoiled milk. Gross. Oh, dude, dude that's one of the worst. All right. <laughs> oh, wait. Probably coconut, I guess. Doesn't coconut. Taste like much. Doesn't taste like much. <laughs> Dishwater over time. Oh my gosh. Alright, I survived. He survived. I don't it. think I could have done bark, man. Seriously. Alright. Well, thank you for being a good sport on it. We yep. appreciate that. Thanks again for being on, brother. Um that was good. Glad to have you on, and I think that's an important topic to talk about. But uh, as always, as we end it, comb out your beard in the way that it should grow, and when it is long, it will not depart from it. This edition versus submission. Sinners need forgiveness. Surrender to his lordship. Don't extort the grace he's given. See, I'm blessed by the one Yahweh all day. I'm a wretched sinner. Deserve hell for always.